I want to honor the man of God of this house, Pastor Paul and his wife. We honor you. We honor all the brothers and sisters that are here tonight. And we're thankful for this. And, but I believe God's already done something tonight. If you believe that, raise your hand. I want you to take your Bibles with me and turn to 2 Samuel. I'm not going to be up long. But I believe every time we get together that the Word of God should be spoke and preached. I need four men to walk around that curtain and pick that. Chris is fine. Justin is and Jimmy. and uh, Okay, that's fine. Brandon, you can help. And Okay, yeah, we got four. Come on, Brother Jimmy. And just set it right here in front of the, the Bible, stand on the floor. How many of y'all know it's time for the glory of God to be back in our churches again? And I'm going to let them get that here because I don't want it to be a distraction to you. I'm going to ask them to bring it out and carry it and just sit it right here in front of the altar and the floor. I did a couple sermons on the Ark of the Covenant. And I, my friend passed. Patrick Jarman made this. Just sit it right there. That'd be fine. We know the story of how in 1 Samuel chapter 4, how Eli was the high priest at that time, and his sons, Hophni and Phinehas, went out to battle with the children of God against the Philistines. And they stole the Ark of the Covenant. There was a messenger that went back and told the high priest he was a heavy-set man in his old age and his eyes was growing dim. He was sitting on a wall. And the messenger came and he said, Hey, your two sons have been killed. They're no longer with us. And that broke his heart. He said, but worst of all, the, the Ark of the Covenant has been stolen is now in the enemy's hands. And he fell back. He broke his neck and he died. And then his daughter-in-law, fixing to give birth, got word, hey, your father-in-law just died. And that broke her heart. Your brother-in-law is dead. Broke her heart. Your husband, the father of the child you're fixing to have, is dead. And that broke her heart. But worst of all, the Ark of the Covenant is gone. And that threw her into labor. And right then and there, she named the boy right before she died. She said, I name him Mickey Bob which means the glory of God has departed. And I want to tell you that the, and I'm going to step on some toes tonight and I'm going to be real. I thank the church of God, uh, and I'm not just talking, I'm talking about all Pentecostals, all holiness churches have been fake and phony long enough and it's time for us to walk in the authority and the power and the glory of God that we know that we have. And when the fire gets hot, the serpents are going to come out and bite. But the Bible told me I have the power to tread on all scorpions and serpents. We'll just shake them off and let all the two-legged ones walk out the back door. But it's time that the glory of God comes back in our churches again. So here we are. I believe that the church has left the Stage of being Ichabod, and now we're in a stage of wanting the glory of God back. But now I want to take you to 2 Samuel chapter 6. Here's a story of how King David, he wanted, because what you've got to understand, at one time, the presence of God dwelt right here between the two cherubim. In this box contain the Ten Commandments, manna, 
and Aaron's rod that budded. Here is where the presence of God dwelt. Wherever this was, the glory of God was there. They lost it to the enemy. And can I tell you that some Pentecostals have lost their power and they lost their authority and they lost their glory because they started believing what the enemy has said to you. Said that you're never going to be able to lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. But I'm here to tell you tonight that in Jesus' name we are going to lay hands on the sick. They are going to recover. We are going to see signs, miracles, and wonders again. But here's the problem. We've tried to help me, Holy Ghost. We've had men of God like T.L. Lowry, Floyd Lahan, old men of God that's dead and gone on. But why is the same power that they had, why do we not see it today? That's a question, a legitimate question that every teenager needs to ask. Why are our churches dead? It's because we've substituted the glory of God for a show. You can either say amen or oh me. I'm the preacher tonight and I'm going to preach it like I feel it. It's time we quit putting on a show in our churches and we get on our face and we start fasting and we start seeking the face of God and we say, God, whatever you want to do, do it in us, God. So here in 2 Samuel chapter 6, the Ark of the Covenant was neglected under Saul's reign. And David wanted this sacred object back that represented God's presence to be brought back to Jerusalem. And he moved it in a way it should never have been moved. See, David's like, well, we're not going to go over here to a barn and get an old cart. We're going to make a new cart. We're gonna, we, we can't afford to have it over here. That cart come from Kmart, and Kmart's out of business now. We've got to go over here and get a cart from the royal king and make sure it's nice and it's got all the big wheels and it can go through all the terrain and it goes through all this stuff. He tried to paint it up and put it pretty. But the Ark of the Covenant didn't belong behind a beast, a four-legged beast on an ox cart. And the problem with the church of America today is we're trying to make it all pretty and everything and we're trying to put the glory of God in places that it doesn't belong. We're trying to put it in hands of men and women that it does not belong in because they don't live a holiness lifestyle. But I'm going to tell you that holiness is still the way that God wants it to be because the Bible says a highway shall be there in the way and it shall be called a way of holiness. And we think names can draw a crowd and we think dressing a certain way can draw a crowd and, 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 and we go through all these seminars on how to draw a crowd. But I'm going to tell you something. Jesus has already told us how to draw the crowd. He said, if I be lifted up, I will, not, not I might, but I will draw all men unto me. And so we try to put this thing, we try to paint it up and make it pretty. Oh, I'm going to preach it, Brother Paul. We've tried to make it to where sinners feel comfortable in our churches. They're not supposed to feel comfortable in our churches. They're supposed to be welcomed in our churches. But there still needs to be an atmosphere to where conviction can set in and the Holy Ghost can begin to do a work in them. But if we make them comfortable, they'll just walk out the same way they walked in. And then we got to keep the lights out all service long. We got to have fog rolling off the stage. We got to have strobe lights flashing to where we play with their emotions. But I'm going to tell you something emotions, can I really preach the way I feel like preaching tonight? If we do that, then emotions is all you'll ever get. And the minute you quit touching their emotions, they're going out the back door. 
and that, look, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, you can't hold somebody on their emotions and you can't buy somebody. Because if you buy them, you got to keep paying them to keep them. And if the power goes out, their emotions die, and they're going down the road to the next greatest light show and the next greatest fog machine where their emotions can be ripped up high. But here, we cannot sacrifice what we know for worldly pressure. The problem with our churches, even the church of God, is that we've sacrificed the move of God for a form of godliness and just a little touch every now and then. Our churches and the church of God have been satisfied with a form of godliness, but we deny the power thereof. But I'm going to tell you something. If we let the Holy Ghost come back in our churches, it wouldn't take three fast songs to get people up here. Because I'm going to tell you something, when the glory of God comes in, it don't take it. And look, I'm not against music, and I'm not against jumping, and I'm not against running. I'll pray in tongues, I'll run, I'll fall out, I'll jump with the best of them. But it's not my emotions. It's the presence of God. And do you know why our churches are dead and dry, and we're losing this generation? It's because we've forfeited the glory of God. It's a shame then Blunt County, we got people traveling to Knox County to have church. Oh, I'm going to preach it. It's a shame that we got people passing churches everywhere when really we should be having revival right here in Blunt County. It's a shame that people are fighting because of a name above a door. Amen or oh me, I don't care if you like it or not. I got a church to go back to Sunday. I'm going to preach how I feel like preaching tonight. Because they didn't care what was going on. in that. How many Pentecostals we got in here? Raise your hands. Good, I'm going to preach to every bit of you. Because what did they do in Acts chapter 2? Well, brother, I really don't like the way you worship the other night, so I'm going to go over here on this side of the room. You, you too loud. You stuck up anyways. I don't even like you. You, 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 you get too emotional. You need to be on that side of the room. I'm going over here. You're praying in tongues too loud. I'm going over here. No. How many Pentecostals do I have again? Let me see your hand. You think we got 120 in here? I'm sure we do. What do you think would happen if we all got in one mind and one accord? We wouldn't have to have fog machines. We'd see the fog roll in through the wall and we'd see the glory of God again. We live. We are good. This is no reflection of Alcoa Maribel Church of God. I'm the pastor at, Al- at Rio Advance. And if you don't like it, take it up with me. Send it to my email. Pastor at RioAdvance.com. We ain't got no place for witches and warlocks in this county. And Pentecostals are too lazy to stay in the presence of God for just a little while. And so that's why, the, that's why pagans and everybody else is coming in this county. Because the Pentecostals have got too lazy. They wrote three songs in a sermon and go home and say, hey, that's enough for me. I'm tired of weak, pathetic, lazy Pentecostal people in our churches. It's time we get on fire again and we walk in the power and authority that we know we got. Hallelujah. You say, you really believe that? Yes. I'm tired of status quo. I'm I'm tired of watching all these play people praying to their gods all night long and people get offended if we're in church till 8.30 at night. But they can shook them a Shiloh, pass it to Carlo with the best of them. They can say, who untied my bow tie, who drove my Honda? Can I tell you there's more to holiness than just praying in tongues? There's more to holiness than just, just a flinch every now and then. We, we've been in Pentecostalism so long we flinch and we just spell Eddie real fast and we think we got something. Oh, I'm going to preach it because there's a reformation coming to this county 
And I'm going to go ahead and tell you, the Bible does talk about a falling away. And, honey, what's going to fall away? These fake and phony Pentecostals, that's what's going to fall away. These fake and phony Christians, that's what's going to fall away. The Bible says, whatsoever shall be, can be shaken, shall be shaken. But whatsoever shall remain, shall remain. And, Lord, I'm ready for a shaking. I'm ready for the dead weight to fall off. I'm ready to open up some seats so we can have a harvest again. I'm talking about some people with some, look, you say, hey, I don't want nobody. Can I just really preach how I feel like preaching? I want somebody that's going to storm the gates of hell with me, but not talk about me behind my back. I'm ready to somebody to fight with me and somebody not to talk about me behind my back. I better get back to my sermon or I'm never going to be welcome back here again. But they put this thing on the back of a, somewhere where it don't belong. They tried to paint it pretty, Tim. But they didn't know there was already a way that this thing was supposed to be handled. The problem with the church in America. Look, let me, do, let me just catch all y'all up. Y'all know there's no assemblies of gods left in this county. They sold the last one and out the, out the county they went. There's one. Church of God sanctified over behind the health department. There's a handful of Pentecostal churches, and that's it. Why is that? We're in the Bible Belt. We're sacrificed the presence of God for a show. And when the show quit working, people started leaving. They said, well, that can't be true. So, they're preaching lies, so I'm going to go over here and I'm going to join up with this group. They don't believe like they believe, but they'll still preach the word. I'm ready for signs, miracles, and wonders to be back in our churches again. I'm ready for them to roll. I'm ready for Blunt County. I'm ready for, what's the hospital here? Blunt Memorial. I'm ready for Blunt Memorial to start backing ambulances up into our churches and bringing them in in stretchers and us laying hands on them and them getting up and praising God for what they've done. So, here's where we are. Here's this, this is where we are in the church of America. There's a group of people that want to move of God. The problem is they don't know how to facilitate it anymore. Because the men and women of God that knew how to facilitate it, oh, help me, Holy Ghost. We've either told them they're irrelevant or we don't need them anymore. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you this. If you're in a church that where old people are irrelevant and not needed anymore, you need to find another church. Go somewhere else. Because old people are still, listen to me young folks, old people are still relevant and still needed because they know how to facilitate the glory of God. We started to put them in glass cases as trophies. And say, just sit here and let us do it the way that we want to do it. Honey, the way we wanted to, the way we need to do it has already been laid out for us. There's already a way to facilitate a move of God. There's already a way to have the presence of God in our churches. We don't need a new way. Because the new way got them in trouble. Because the presence of God didn't belong on the back of an ox cart. And you know there was 30,000 so-called men of God with them that went to go get this. And one of them, Brother Tim, saw it begin to fall when it made it to the threshing floor. He goes over and he tries to stop it. But the thing of it is, he already knew he wasn't supposed to touch it. But he touched it. And he kindled God's anger and God killed him right there where he was. We got men and women of God trying to handle the glory of God in ways that it's not meant to be handled in glory. It's not meant to be handled that way. And there is coming a reckoning for those men and women of God. They're going to have a chance to get right. But if they don't get right, God's going to start pulling them down. He's going to start knocking the ground out from under them. And he's going to be looking for men and women that want an authentic move of God. So my question tonight is, who many, how many of y'all want an authentic move of God? Raise your hand. Not just a touch of the flesh, not just a touch of emotions, but I want him to come out from behind the curtain we put him in. 
because we still treat him like he's a God that we got to have a priest to go in for us. But the Bible says in Matthew chapter 27 that the veil, of, the veil of the temple was written twain. That's it's written two from top to bottom. And we have now access. So I need those four men that, picked that, that carried this thing to come here for just a minute. See, the glory of God was never intended to be on an ox cart. Stand right here. You stand right there. You stand here. You stand there on the outside. All of you face this way. See, there was already a way it was meant to be carried. God already said, this is the way I want my glory to be handled. It's not to be behind a four-footed beast sitting on an ox cart. It's to be hanging on the shoulders between four consecrated men. Before it, there's supposed to be some worship going on. Six steps, six steps they took. Hang on. They would take six steps with that thing. And David would kill a fatty calf. You know what he did? He had sprinkled the blood. Why six steps? He went back and he sprinkled the blood on the six steps. Went ahead and sprinkled some blood in front of him. That's a shadow on a top that, that the blood of Jesus would cover our past sins and our future sins. So here they go. Pick that thing up, boys. Sit it on your shoulders. That's how it's supposed to be carried. And now, we say, well, that don't look good. It looks better behind an ox being rolled. It don't matter what it looks like. It's a matter on how God told us to do it. We become disobedient because we think we know better than God because our title is bishop or our title is state overseer or our title is executive pastor or whatever. But all that is is just a glorified servant. When he says this is the way it's to be handled, this is the way it's to be handled. No questions asked. Well, I don't like it like that. God, didn't, God don't care how you like it. Can I say that again? God don't care how you like it. Well, it's just not how I, it does not matter. This is not Burger King. You cannot have it your way. This is the church of the living God. It's his way. And we are to get in that way or get out of the way. And so here. Y'all going to get tired for a minute. I got to follow the leading of the Spirit. How many of y'all got some people that need deliverance in your family? Raise your hand and leave it up. How many of y'all need to see some people saved in your family? Raise it. Hands high. How many of y'all need some healing in your family? Raise it up. If we would facilitate the glory of God, could you only imagine what would happen? Could you only imagine what would happen if we would just facilitate it the way he says to facilitate it? Could you only imagine? Well, here's what I'm going to ask the church. How many of y'all believe you're part of the church of the living God? Raise your hand. Because when the glory starts falling, guess what it's going to do? It's going to attract people. When we handle it right, when we walk in our authority... When we worship Him, we take the focus off of us and take the focus off the pastor and take the focus off the worship pastor and take the focus off of this and take the focus off of that and put it back on Jesus. It's going to attract people. Set that down, brothers. Thank you. You can be seated. This went a completely different way than what I expected it to. But are you ready? Oh, help me, Lord. Are you ready for what it's going to attract? Because we've had enough backbiting in the church. We've had enough lying in the church. We're worried about what people's going to be like when they come in. What I'm worried about, how many snakes we got in the church today. 
Can I quote you a Bible verse? Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thine holy hill? He that backbiteth not with his tongue, nor taketh up a reproach against his neighbor. Are you ready? Because the church is fixing to be shaken. Everybody's worried about what's going to happen this November and two, November, two years from November. I'm not worried about it, not one lick, because my king's still sitting on his throne. No Republican or Democrat can stop what's coming on this world. But I know what David said. I was young, but now I'm old, and I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. So, Lord, are you ready for what the glory is going to attract? Because there's going to be people coming here with some hair, no hair. Blue hair. Pink hair. Some of y'all look at me like I'm crazy, and this is what I say all the time. My people know what's coming. Some of you sisters, your hair is really not the color it is. It's supposed to be gray. You just dyed it that color. The only difference is you just picked a different color box than what they chose. I remember a day when you weren't allowed to put no color in your hair. You weren't allowed to put no lipstick on those lips. You weren't even allowed to wear earrings. And now we look at them because they come in the door with gauges in their ears and they come in with blue hair or they come in with, with makeup on more. Look, honey, some of y'all wear makeup that said you'd never wear makeup in your life. You thought it would send you to hell if you wore makeup. And now you're wearing makeup and you want to judge them that walk through the door wearing makeup. Yes, sir, forgive us. Because we made it about our preferences. What are you going to do when a prostitute walks in that back door and comes down here to the altar and cries and gives her heart and life to Jesus? Are you going to be worried about what she's got on or are you going to be worried about her soul? Because the problem is we get too caught up in our preferences and we stop worrying about the glory of God. Because I'm going to go ahead and tell you this. The glory of God, if we let it be the glory of God, the next time they come, they will be changed. They'll even start dressing different, and you won't even have to tell them anything. They'll start acting different. They'll start talking different. You know why? But because the Holy Ghost will get down in them, and he'll start changing things in them. They'll start looking at the older women that's starting to love on them and starting to encourage them. They say, well, hey, I want to be like her. Maybe I should dress a little different. Maybe I should talk a little different. Maybe I should walk a little different. But yet we want them to be, we act like we want them to be sanctified before we ever welcome them in our churches. But we got to be ready for what the glory is going to attract. Can we have the worship team and the band come back up to the stage for just a moment? Because now, brothers and sisters, the presence of God does not dwell right here. It's no longer there. The presence of God... Dwells right here. It dwells right here inside of every one of you. I'm gonna go ahead and tell you, you should be should be attracting some people. And if you're not attracting people, and all you're doing is running people off, this is the my people, your people, and any brother Eric's people. I can't say that it's his family and his wife. So no. In any other church that's here, if your ways are only pushing people away, then your ways are not God's ways. You've just got a form of godliness, but you're denying the real power. I've had people tell me, aren't you worried about what people are going to say about you? No, they've already said it all. Let them just keep talking. See, what you don't understand... I know what it's like to be on the other side of the track. I know what it's like 
to have church folk walk past you in public and have their nose so high up in the air that if it rained, they were going to drown before they got to their car. I know what it's like not to be wanted. But I also know what the glory of God will do in somebody's life. Because I was sitting in the, on the back row of a church one day. And the old man of God began to preach, Brother Tim. And the glory of God fell. And I felt a tug on my heart, Pastor Paul. I was like, man, that's, I got to have that again. And I went down to the altar. I said, God, forgive me of everything I've ever done. I just want to be like you. And here I stand today before you, now an ambassador for Christ. So here's my question. How many of y'all want the glory of God back in our churches? Raise your hand. How many of y'all want revival back in Blunt County? Raise your hand. Don't be ashamed. Raise it high. I want revival. I want the glory of God. I don't want to be a church that's ashamed if the glory of God falls and people start falling out. I don't want to, well, we can't do that. What if somebody sees that? Let them see it. They need to see it. We can't be ashamed of praying in the Holy Ghost. We cannot have services where we quench the Holy Ghost. So here I am. Lord, I repent for everything. I repent for the times that I tried to put you back in a box where you don't belong. I repent for trying to do it my way. God, let's do it your way. Everybody in here saved? If you're saved, raise your hand. Put your hand down. If you're not saved, raise your hand. Everybody saved? Good. Everybody filled with the Holy Ghost? Filled with the Holy Ghost, raise your hand. If you don't have it, raise your hand. Don't be ashamed. There's a time when I didn't have it. If you don't have it, raise your hand. If you want it, keep your hands up. You want it? If you want it, say amen, those that's got the hands up. You want it? Come right over here. I'm not ashamed. If you want it, come on. Don't wait. Come right here. I believe tonight's tonight. Hallelujah. Shanda Robo Kete Mamahasha. Just lift your hands and start worshiping him. Now we used to do this in the old church. I'm tired of trying to do it a new way. God, just give it back to us again. Just open up the windows of heaven and pour it out on us again. God, just do it again. Now, for all of y'all, don't pay no attention to them. For all of y'all that says, God, I'm trying to do it on the new cart. God, God, just let the glory resonate on me, in me, around me, overflowing in me. Let my shadow have the glory. If that's you, stand to your feet right now. Hallelujah. If you want the glory of God overflowing from your life, stand to your feet right now. Now, I'm just crazy. I believe the old ways. The Bible says, ask and seek for the old path, which is the good way. And when you find it, walk therein. That's the way I believe it. And I'm going to dare some of you just to go ahead and start walking. Walk this building. We used to remember those days when we used to walk, when we used to have prayer tunnels, and people would walk by and we'd lay hands on them and they'd receive the Holy Ghost and fire. Go ahead and walk around the building. Just go ahead and walk up and down the aisles. Raise your hands and honor Him and glory and worship Him. Go ahead and just do it the old way. Some of you kids that don't know what I'm talking about, just watch some of the older folks. Some of you old folks, start moving. Quit sitting in your seat. Get out and move. Teach the old uh, Teach the young people how to do it. Now you young folks, watch these older folks. 
need healing I want you to come right here anybody need healing if you need healing in your body come right here anybody else need healing come on
I've just got to speak what I feel the Spirit saying. We're fixing to close. Fixing to turn it over to Brother Eric. But there's somebody here believing for something that you believe is impossible. I'm here to tell you that I serve the God of the impossible. If that's you, you believe in for something that you think is impossible. I want you to slip your hand up. I just want to say, you, you, you really believe God, it's impossible. But if you believe God can do it, that's you. Slip your hand up. There's a few of you. I want you to speak to that thing and I want you just to worship God and put that thing on the forefront of your mind and speak to that thing that you think is impossible and say it is done in Jesus name I want you to do it right now say this is no longer impossible it is done in Jesus name speak it out loud let the enemy know that you're not taking his you're not taking his his word you're standing on the word of God this impossible thing is no longer impossible it is done in Jesus name hallelujah now somebody give God praise in this place Amen. I'm thankful to be here on this night. Let's give the man of God, the preacher, the minister, a round of applause. Pastor Bryant, we thank you for obeying the Lord. That's the most we can ask of you, just to be obedient of the Lord, and you are. Pastor Paul, I want to thank you uh, for hosting this event. Um, I want to make quick mention, uh, we're going to be doing this again at uh, Rio Advance next month, uh, the last Sunday of the month again. Uh, this kind of corporate worship service, so be sure to be there. I just want to bless you guys and pray over you. If you want to hang out and fellowship for a minute, Pastor Paul said that that's what he would like for you to do. Just hang out, pray with each other, fellowship for a little while, whatever you need to do. But I want to say a, a blessing uh, to close the service out. Father God, I pray right now that you would touch each and every person in this room, Lord, on their drive home, God. As we separate our ways here, God, I pray that you would uh, bless them and keep them and make your face to shine upon them, God. Lord, I pray above all else, Lord, that what has been sown into their hearts and into their minds and into their souls, that the, that the enemy would not be able to quickly come by and steal it away, God. Lord, I pray that the thorns of life would not grow up and choke it out, God, but let the Word of God... Be planted deep inside of their soul, God. Let it find root, God. Let it find roots into the depths of who they are, Father God. And let the Word of God produce fruit in the people of God. Uh, let us no longer walk around shy or intimidated by a wicked world around us, God. But let us walk in power, God. And let us walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and knowing that you can do all things, God, far more abundantly, Lord God, than we could ask, think, or even imagine. Lord, and we bless your name for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Bless you guys.